Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all diligence and your love to us, see to it that you abound in this grace also. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he that sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves, uh, what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. And God is able, say God is able. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always, say always, always. having all sufficiency, say all sufficiency, sufficiency. in all things, say all things, things. may abound to every good work. Say every every good work. But it sounds like there's a lot of abundance right there in that verse. And that abundance is not directed just in one direction. Actually, it's bi-directional. It's to you and from you. And so he's talking about generosity. In fact, generous sowing produces what kind of reaping? Generous reaping. And meager sowing, one translation says, produces what kind of reaping? Meager reaping. Um, So this past week, uh, Melody and I have been doing a a project at the house the last couple weeks, uh, some earthwork and stuff. And so we had to... um, Anyhow, uh, we had to move some rocks, and we had a machine, but then the machine went away. So we had to move the rocks just with buckets. And so um, we had um, these uh, five-gallon buckets, except for we have five-gallon. These are not five-gallon, of course. These are like, what, one gallon or something? Um, So we had these five-gallon buckets, and um, she had a five-gallon bucket, but I had a six-gallon bucket. And so I had one extra gallon. And so we went to this pile that's about this tall. And so, uh, you know, it's rocks. So we leaned it up against the, the pile. And then we'd like shove it in with our hands or our feet or something like that to get it in there quickly. And I think we had a shovel too. And so we do this like two or three times because we just needed some rocks in a certain part of the driveway. And so uh, we did that. And uh, as we're doing it, all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me. Because I noticed like I'm carrying more than Melody is. And if you know Melody very well, I mean, she's tough, you know, and she's strong and she's not as strong as me, but she's, she's tough and strong. And so um, we're carrying this. And as I go to get mine, I thought, I'm getting a lot more than she is. And I thought, well, that's because I have a bigger bucket and I'm stronger. So I have a greater strength capacity than she has, but I also have a a bigger capacity to receive because my bucket bucket is bigger than her bucket. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, your ability to receive is, uh, for me to give you something, is based on your ability to receive, not on my ability to give. It's your capacity. He actually used the word capacity. He said, it's based on your capacity to receive. And she didn't have as great a capacity to receive as I had. And then um, I, he, he reminded me of uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 4. Now there cried a woman uh, of the wives of the sons of the prophets to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know 
that your servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take to him my two sons as bondsmen. In other words, uh, her husband died, and uh, apparently when he got a loan, the guarantee on the loan was his children. Aren't you glad I don't do that, Evie? All right. And Elisha said to her, uh, what should I do for you? Tell me. Well, what do you have in your house? And she said, your handmaid has not anything in the house except a pot of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels abroad from your neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when you are come in, shut the door uh, upon you, and you'll set aside, aside that one which is full. So she went to him, shut the door and uh, on him and the sons, and brought the vessels that were full. And she said to him, bring me a vessel. And he said to her, uh, there's no more vessels, and the oil was stayed. So basically what happened is, as many vessels as she received from the neighbors, you know, can, can I borrow your vessel? Can I borrow your bucket? Can I borrow your bucket? The oil didn't stop until all the buckets were full. And he's like, are there any more buckets? And she said, no, there's no more buckets. So her capacity to receive was expended, so the blessing stopped. And so many times, we're looking like, but Lord, don't you care? Don't you care about the health in my body? Don't you care about the finances in my bank account? Don't you care about this or that or whatever? But you know, sometimes the reason you don't have a capacity to receive is because your thinking is not truth, it's based on lies. Like, God want, doesn't really want me to be financially blessed. That is a lie that stops your capacity to receive the blessing of the Lord. Because your capacity to receive. But generous sowing produces what kind of reaping? Generous reaping. So one way you can access an abundant harvest is through your generosity. Because your generosity, it's something, you know, uh, verse 7 said, as you abound in everything. This is talking to believers in everything of God, right? And then he lists some things. As you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love to us, see to it that you abound in this grace also. See to it, pay attention, make sure this happens. See to it that you abound in this grace also. Well, what is grace? It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God from God. So he said, see to it that you abound in this grace also. And so, I don't really believe when I look at the word that the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, uh, uh, the nature of God, that these are things that you carry with you. I think when you're born again, the Bible teaches it becomes a part of you. Like you become united with the love of God. You become united with the grace of God and the mercy of God because you're one with the Spirit of God and everything He has then is yours. So His love, His mercy, His grace... And so we're talking about grace, forgiving, and receiving. So what happens is you get in the flow of the generosity of God, 
and you actually open the door to generosity. And when you open the door to generosity, well, that affects your whole life. Jesus said this in Luke, remember? He said, if your eye be single in King James, what does that mean? If your eye be single, it actually means generous. If you look it up, in the Greeks, if your eye be generous, then what does he say? Then Jesus said, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye be, what's the other one he said? Evil. You know what that means? Grudgingly, holding back. Then your whole body will be full of darkness. So actually, living in the generosity of God affects your whole being. Now, most people's minds, when I say those words, go to financial generosity. And certainly it includes financial generosity. But you know, you can be stingy in revelation knowledge. And you can be stingy with your time. And you can be stingy with stuff, which kind of is a financial thing. Mammon, the Bible calls stuff mammon. Your generosity. But uh, chapter 9, this I sow, he that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully or generously will reap generously. One way you can tap into uh, expanding your capacity to receive is through your generosity. Why? Well, he says he gives seed to the sower. And if you sow generously, you reap generously. So if he's not a liar... That means if you ever hit generous in your giving, you're going to hit generous in your receiving if you receive it. How do you receive it? Well, one way you receive it is you know in your heart that you gave generously. And if you know in your heart that you gave generously, then you have confidence and boldness towards God and towards the devil. But you're like, no, I am a generous giver. So I have a generous harvest coming. Right? So what just happened? Because I gave generously, I met that place in my heart, the cry of my heart to fulfill the, the, the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord to me, do this, get lots of pots so we can fill them, right? So I, I respond to that, and when I respond to that, all of a sudden, I know I'm responding to God. So now I've got some boldness concerning my receiving that I didn't have before because I followed him. I didn't come up with the idea. He came up with it. He said it. And so I did what he said. So now I say, Lord, I just did what you said. And I know you're not a liar. And you said in your word that if I sow generously, that I would reap generously. So I know your word is it is truth and it shall come to pass and it is that way so I know that my seed is guaranteed it is guaranteed and so then all of a sudden your capacity to receive is expanded because you're not receiving based on anything you do so to speak except for faith in God so I have faith in God I believe God and so I gave as God directed me because I gave as God directed me and I gave generously. How do you know if you give generous? You'll know when you give generous. The Lord told Pastor Mark one time, you'll think about it uh, weeks, days, sometimes months and years later. You'll remember that. 
In fact, he says it as a joke, but if you know him very well, you know like his jokes are really not jokes, but they're funny. But he's very serious. He said, if you're thinking of tempted to backslide, just sow a huge offering. So big that you'll actually refuse to backslide because you want to see the harvest on your giving. But it's kind of funny, but it's actually true because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Oh, you start slipping that way, all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to honor my God with my substance. Somebody said, well, well, you're just trying, trying to get money. No, I, I'm not. The Lord's trying to get your heart. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, you will reap generously. Your generous giving opens up the door to generous receiving. Oh, I want to read this in a New Living. Verse 10 of uh, chapter 9. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, You'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things result from the ministry of giving. Isn't that cool? They call it a ministry of giving. Uh, the, you know, some people have different ministries, and some people actually have a ministry of giving. You can have a ministry of giving. Well, that'd be wonderful to have a ministry of giving. Uh, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Verse 13, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers. It'll prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. They will pray for you with deep affection <laughs> because of the overflowing grace God has given you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. Well, look even over at verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sakes, say for my sake, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. I know you guys are there. It's just really bright. I can't really see. That you through his poverty might be made rich. And so you cannot outgive God. And sometimes whether you want to admit it or not or you will admit it or not, the reason that you have the challenge you have is not based on God's ability to give, but it's based on your ability to receive. Based on your ability to receive. And in the area of healing, I have seen so many times people get a little confused because they're like, well, how come if Jesus healed me by his stripes, how come I'm not healed? Well, number one, if you're saying that, if you really believe that, that's because that's what you really believe. But number two, many people actually believe the truth concerning healing, but they don't have the capacity to receive because they have other things going on. Like, for instance, unforgiveness. So you can know all the truth of healing, 
have light and revelation on healing. Really, if you have enough, really, uh, you'll get light on forgiveness. Uh, but unforgiveness will hinder your faith. Do you walk in unforgiveness? Uh, it's like generosity or stinginess. How do you, how do you receive generously? You give generously. How do you receive forgiveness? You forgive. I mean, Jesus didn't talk about this one time. He talked about this multiple times. He talked about, you remember the, man, that guy just kind of want to make you, makes you want to be a little mad. You know, because his boss or whatever, you know, he worked for is like, you know what? I'm just going to forgive you your debts. And so what did he do in response to, to just the mercy and grace of his master? He went to those that owed him and said, you better pay up now. Instead of, you know what? The Lord has been merciful to me, shown me grace and mercy. I'm going to do the same for you. What do you think would happen if that man would have like gone over and above? Maybe his master would have given him even more. So just because God has done things through Jesus Christ and they are truth and they are reality, doesn't mean that you have the capacity to receive them. In fact, people can't even receive Jesus Christ if they don't know that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And they can't even receive Jesus Christ if they don't know they need him. If the Holy Spirit doesn't convict them of not believing on Jesus Christ, they can't come to him. They can pray the, what we call the sinner's prayer 20 times a day and it won't change a thing in their life. But the second they get light and they see that and they act based on that, Oh, they got, they got a whole new life coming. Amen. It's not based on God's capacity to give, but it's based on our capacity to receive. Everybody say, I receive all that God has for me. I'll not hold back. I'll open my arms wide in Jesus' name. Now, sometimes... Uh, your main hindrance to receiving is right on top of your shoulders, right up here, your head. But you think, well, maybe other people deserve that, but I don't deserve that. Other people did this, other people did that. Well, see, you're just focused on yourself. Stop being so self-centered. You say, well, uh, no, I'm not being self-centered. I'm saying somebody else could use that more than I could use that. See, you're, you're thinking like a human. And you are a human. But like we read last week, you're not to be dominated by that flesh nature. In Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Him. So everything that God has, He put in Christ. And when you're born again, He put Christ's Spirit in you. And so actually you can go beyond your limitations in your union with Christ, your natural human limitations. And so God has good things and good plans. And really, I hesitate to use the word because people get confused with it sometimes, but the word prosperity is not just about your money. 
or your houses and lands, material things. It certainly affects those things, but, um, you know, there's this person I noticed in the news lately, and uh, it kind of breaks my heart because uh, they have prosperity in natural things and money. But you see they're like destroying their life. That's not prosperity. I don't even call that prosperous at all. If somebody came right now, you know, and wrote that person a $10 billion check, that's not prosperity. You got $10 billion access to the things of the earth, but no access to the things of God. Talk about limitations. Talk about shallow. Oh, it's great for a day. But that person has to go to sleep at night or try to sleep. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Their parents are ministers. So prosperity is a lot about uh, a lot more than just your financial portfolio. It will affect your financial portfolio. But just because you have a large portfolio does not mean you have prosperity, does not mean you're prosperous. Prosperity, first of all, affects your spirit. In fact, anything you get from God, you're going to be affected by your, in your spirit first. Healing, deliverance, salvation, financial prosperity. It, it happens in your heart first. That's why your generosity and giving it affects your heart, and your heart is reflected by your generosity. You actually see someone's heart in their generosity, financial generosity. Billy Graham said, you know, in, um, you people that are under 30 say something like that, you know. Um, he came from a different generation. So he said, show me your checkbook, and I'll show you your priorities. Why? Because ultimately... You're paying for what you believe in, right? People find themselves in difficult situations. Melody and I, when we went to, after we graduated from Bible school, we bought our first house, and we liked that little house. But we probably didn't really have the capacity to receive that little house. So we were tithing, and we were giving, but our offerings, like, shrunk, like, whoop, like this, you know, from what they were. And uh, we heard a message from Keith Moore and we thought, you know what? That will come. But what we want to do now is we want to sow bigger. So we sold our house so we could give more. Hallelujah. Why? Well, we found ourselves in a position where we're like, uh, we don't have the capacity we want to have. But we know we're going to have the capacity because we knew a little bit of what the word says. And so uh, we sold so we could give more. And we, and we did. And we gave more. And then the Lord increased and multiplied. You know, uh, you know, we've gone up from there, but not like this. More like this. <laughs> but if you look at the graph in the long run, it's going up, you know. But it's about more than that. It's about family members coming to the Lord. You're like, oh, I'm so proud of my children. They went to... Dartmouth, they went to Yale, they went here, they went there. Uh, are they living for the Lord? Oh, no, they're away from the Lord. 
What value is that? Well, you can, you can have both, but I might not suggest those schools anymore. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not, I won't get off on that. But your generosity affects your whole life. And Jesus said, if your eye be generous, your whole body will be full of light. You know, your generosity will even affect your physical health. Your eyes got big. Your generosity affects your physical health. Well, some people want to take this and say, like, are you saying, like, I can give money to be healed? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying your heart for God will be so affected that you'll want to give. You know, uh, people think in the Bible, uh, probably not you guys, but some people think like, well, why is there a contradiction? Because it says like, it's not faith by works, but then James is like, you know, you know, faith without works is dead and don't you have to do works? And you know what it really is? Is some people try to work and work and work and work and work and get things from God because they work. Other people love the Lord so much they can't help but working for the Lord because your, your heart has been changed. When your heart is changed, your priorities change, your giving changes, your thoughts change. And with that change uh, comes the blessing of the Lord. And so all of a sudden, you have an ungrudging lifestyle, an ungrudging attitude that you're like, I, I don't grudge it because if someone else needs this money more than I need this money, there is more where that came from. Because I tapped into God's generosity, and when I do that, not only do I get to be financially blessed, but I get to be the hand through which the Lord touches people with blessing. I get to see Him do it. What a good God that He said. I mean, think how good He is. He could just be the, the only one up there, and He is the greatest one up there, wherever there is, you know. But it only comes direct from him. But he involved man in his plan. That I can lay my hands on you and he will let his power flow through my hands and touch you and heal you. I'm certainly not healing anybody. You know, did you know the Bible says Jesus didn't heal anybody? That'll shock you, won't it? In Acts chapter 1, it says... The, that God, through Jesus Christ, healed people. So yeah, we say so-and-so healed, so-and-so healed, but you know no human healed anybody. God healed, and he still heals. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he ever did it once, he still does it. He's a good God. If he was ever good, he's still good, and he will always be good. Amen. So I just want to encourage you, beginning of 2022, expand your capacity to receive. One way to do that is through generosity. Another way to do that, uh, that I do as well, is I say, Lord, expand my capacity to receive. Most people think they don't have a problem in this area. But most people have a problem in this area. <laughs> So I could receive it. Let me show you how much I could receive. Well, you might be surprised what you can receive. But when you give generously, 
something happens in your heart and you get boldness in the things of God, not just money things, but where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So it affects so much of your life. You can receive children, uh, biological, adopted, spiritual. There's many kinds of children. Uh, even Paul, by the Holy Spirit, said, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. As well, somebody can just fulfill a position. But then other people have a, a parenting figure in your life. And you have that in the lives of other people. If you can receive it. So many times we're limited. I shouldn't say we're limited. We have limited God. Because he sees in us things that we're fearful to receive. Because you know when he looks at you and he thinks about you, it's quite a bit different than when you look at you and you think about you. And other people. Listen, I love all my kids very much. But the younger they are, the more blunt they are. So my youngest this morning said, Dad, something is on your face. I said, yes, Joel. There is something on my face. But you know how easy it is just to look at the outward appearance and to be moved by the outward appearance. Not only what you see in the mirror. Remember what John Lake used to do? He used to look in the mirror. John Lake and Wigglesworth, I believe. He'd say, that man's a thousand times bigger on the inside than he is on the outside. In other words, he was God inside-minded. If you just look in the mirror every day and that's how you determine what's going to happen, what abilities there are, you have so limited God. A man could limit God. A woman can limit God. Isn't that amazing? You can limit God. This must not be God's will because I don't have it. That's ignorance gone to seed. Right? God is a good God. Father, we just ask that you expand our capacity to receive. Father, I thank you for the gifts and callings that are upon every one of us. I thank you, Father, that we enter into and rise to the full potential of the office or offices to which you have called us, that we serve in the ministry or ministries that you've called us to with the ability that you give. I pray that every one of us would minister with the ability that you supply. Hallelujah. I pray, pray Father, for an opening of eyes to see and ears to hear your plan and your purpose for every one of us that will not lie dormant, that the resources and the blessing that you have uh, put in each of us would not be held back, but would be nurtured and would be developed 
And Father, that we would walk out new men and new women, your men and your women, with your strength, with your vision, with your ability, hallelujah, on your path. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we live under the blessing, your blessing, hallelujah, that we're not under the curse or the dominion of darkness, but we are under the dominion of the Son of your love. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for opening our eyes, giving us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you and acknowledging you and walking with you. Father, we thank you that your word is true. Hallelujah. No matter what any man may say, that your word is true. It outlasts, outsmarts, that there is great wisdom in your word. Hallelujah. That you show us things to come by your spirit. Hallelujah. If you would stand with me, every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, I pray right now as we begin a new year, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that's not in your family, that by your spirit you convict them right now. Show them your love and your mercy. Show them their position in eternal things. Hallelujah. Thank you for granting to us salvation, deliverance, and your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, online, watching maybe, or in the room perhaps, maybe nobody knows where you're at with God. I mean, you can put on a show and people think different things and you know they may see you and think certain things, but really only you and God know where you're at. I want to give you an opportunity right now to come into the family of God, to give your life to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. There is life that is the satisfaction that you have when you receive Jesus as Lord. It goes beyond any satisfaction any money could buy you, any position of power could give you, any position of influence. It, it just doesn't even begin to compare. It's not even in the same arena as a satisfaction that you get when you give your life to God through His Son, Jesus Christ, when you receive Jesus as Lord. Or maybe you're listening and you know you need to come back to God. You know things aren't right. You know you've let other things get in the way of your relationship with the Lord. Do you know God has never turned his back on you and he never will? He loves you with a love that never ends. The devil's a sneaky, evil, rotten liar and deceiver. He'll make you feel like, oh, it's so far, what you've done is so horrible. That's all a lie. The second you even turn back, God is waiting for you. Not to slap you, but to welcome you, to give you a feast, to wrap his arms around you, put a robe of righteousness on you. He loves you. You can come back today. Don't wait another minute. You might not have another minute. You might not have another day. Even if you live your full life out, the Bible says life is like a fleeting mist. 
that appears for a little bit in the morning. As soon as the sun comes, it's gone. Or like the grass of the field that's here today, gone tomorrow. You don't have, you're not guaranteed a lot of time. But you're guaranteed a life like no other when you receive Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer just a minute. I like believers to pray that prayer with me. And when I do, if you pray that prayer from your heart, you will be born again. God will hear your prayer. He'll answer your prayer. You don't have to know anything about God except that you need Jesus Christ. You know that? That's all you need. And you confess him as your Lord. He'll come in, give you a new life, new direction. Best thing to happen in your whole life. Let's pray. Say this. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross for me to take away my sins, to make me right with you. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I'm going to live for you every day. I turn my whole life over to you. Father God, fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer, you came back, you came for the first time, or maybe you've been born again, you're on fire for God. It's called the great confession. You just confessed it once again. You solidified it once again. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. I'm not living with the limitations the world would put on me. I'm living with the limitless God. Amen. Amen. Well, let us know you prayed that prayer. I'd love to get your name so I could personally be praying for you, maybe talk with you a little bit. And then also we can get you some materials uh, if you uh, like them and we'll get you walking on the right path. If you live in the Washington, D.C. metro area, man, just come join us on Sunday mornings, 1030 right here at the Crown Dance Studio. Um, won't be too long. We're going to have to move to a larger facility and we're so excited about that. Hallelujah. And... Um, we're getting our own facility where we don't have to set up and tear down all the time. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the Lord has expanded our capacity to receive. Amen? There's no reason we shouldn't have one of the nicest buildings in the city and one of the nicest lots in the city. Amen? Uh, the region. I'm not talking downtown D.C. necessarily. I mean, the Lord wants a campus down there, but anyhow, if he wants a campus. I'm talking to this region. <laughs> Watch your words. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. If you'd like prayer, um, Jessica uh, will be up here to pray with you and also uh, Brandon and Lindsay. And uh, God bless you. Uh, let me read you one thing as we go. This is from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28, verse 59, talking about the curse of the law. Uh, in Galatians 3.13 says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So there's lots of sickness going around. So uh, you know what uh, Brother Hagin taught us? He said, you know what I do if I, they say that. You ever uh, get sick? He's like, no, pretty much not. One time for two hours he had symptoms of the flu. After two hours everything left. So this guy said, well, he's like, I take these vitamins. He's like, what do you take? He's like, I just take the word of God. 
He's like, if I start to feel a little bit weak or uh, attacked, he's like, I just double up on my Bible reading. That's God's medicine. Amen. So the word of God says that we've been redeemed from strokes and strokes of our seed, malignant and obstinate diseases, incurable diseases and horrible epidemics, severe and lasting plagues. What does that sound like? I don't know. I mean, for some people, COVID is pretty severe. Some people is mild, but we've been redeemed from that. Amen. So if COVID attacks your body, just thank God you've been redeemed from that. According to the word of God. And, uh, you know, people just stumble all over like, well, then how come I, how come I got symptoms? I got, it really don't matter how come because the devil is evil and he wants to kill you. Right? Ask him next time he does that, say, how come you haven't killed me if you're trying? You're not effective at your job. Because the blessing is greater than your curse. Okay? So you've been redeemed from long-lasting sickness and disease. You, you, you've been re redeemed. Even if you have a, a few symptoms a little bit, man, look at the grace of God and the mercy of God and the healing power of God. He brought you out. Amen? Don't stumble over that. That's a, that is the deception and tactic of the devil to get you on his territory. Uh, I wonder why. Uh, I wonder how. Why? Because the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, so many funny things I could say, but I'm not going to. Okay. Long-lasting plagues, chronic illness, malignant and lasting maladies, cruel diseases stretching on through long years. Malignant and long-lasting sickness, extraordinary strokes, blows, every kind of sickness and disease not recorded in the book. And there's many others I could read you here. Um, but you know, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law by the Lord Jesus Christ because he died on a cross. So if you can't uh, receive that, you don't have the capacity to receive that, it's probably because you're looking at yourself, not looking at him. So if you're, if you're looking at yourself, then you're kind of like dishonoring the power of the blood of Jesus on the cross. So most Christians wouldn't want to ever do that, like spit on the blood of Jesus. So you realize he became a curse for us because he hung on the tree and he shed his blood and by his stripes we were healed. And so take the focus off of you, put the focus on Jesus in all things, and in your healing, we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher. Sure, you, you mess up, you do whatever, that's fine. Just don't grovel in that longer than 30 seconds. Oh, that's so horrible. But then how good is it what he's done? How much better is it what he's done? And so anyhow, uh, just walk in health and uh, walk in the blessing of the Lord because you're not under the curse, you're under the blessing. Amen.